It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Well, good morning to you, church. Thank you for having me today. I feel very privileged to come and speak to you. The Lord's laid a message on my heart that I want to deliver to you this morning. I'm going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 through 23 this morning. Dear God, I thank you for this opportunity to come and preach your message. Lord, your message is not well welcomed in this culture. Lord, but we still got to preach it. Lord, give us the strength to preach it. Give us the strength to preach it clearly and boldly, Lord. I pray this morning that you will lay out for us through your scripture the clearness of your message and that we'll accept it into our hearts this morning. And that we'll be willing to let it out. That we won't just hide it under a bushel. But we'll let it out. And let our light shine. So others can see you. And follow you. And put their faith in you. Lord give us the strength and the boldness to do that. This morning. And the days following today. Lord I thank you for this church. I know that you've done great works in it. Over the years. And I pray that you'll continue to. But I pray Lord that this church will not lose focus on the message that you have for them to deliver. I pray that none of us will lose focus on that, ever. Remind us, Lord. Remind us and give us the boldness to preach it, to proclaim it. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray that you'll bless us here as it's preached in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. Oh, thank you. But we preach Christ crucified. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring God's word this morning. We preach Christ crucified. I want to break that phrase down for you. We preach Christ crucified. First of all, we preach. We preach. Uh, We're all called to preach. All of us are called to proclaim the message of Christ to a lost and hurting world. And you may say, well, I'm not really called to be a pastor. I'm not really called to be a preacher. Well, you're not necessarily called in the vocational sense. You know, there are special callings for ministers. Some are called to be evangelists. Some are called to be pastors. Some are called to be missionaries. Some are called to be teachers. There are specific callings in the ministry for preaching and teaching God's Word. That may not be what you're called to, but you're still called to preach. You're still called to proclaim. You're still called to preach and proclaim the message of Christ to a lost and hurting world. So preach it. Proclaim it boldly in whatever way you can. There's a story of this older lady that was going to church and and they have an evangelist there that night, and, and he was preaching away, and he was preaching Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38 to his congregation. And in that, in that verse, it lets us know that we're to repent and follow Jesus Christ. So it was a repentance message. 
And he just kept hammering that passage. Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38 to the congregation. And the lady left that day and she was all excited. And that Acts 2.38 was in her mind and what it meant. Repentance and following Jesus Christ. And she comes back to, to her house and she lived alone. So she walks into her dark house and she notices something. There's a burglar in her house. And she was very afraid. And she didn't know what to do. So she just screamed out what was in her mind. Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38. And the burglar put his hands up and froze. And she's like, wow, that's a powerful passage, isn't it? <laughs> and he's just standing there like that. And she's like, well. So she goes and grabs the phone and she calls the police. Says, there's a burglar in my house. Come and get him. And so the police come down. And they walk into the house, and there's the burglar with his hands up, frozen. They're like, okay. So they come up to the burglar, and, and they, put, they put him in cuffs, and they drag him outside the house. And as they're taking him to the squad car, they're like, why did you freeze? All she was doing was quoting a scripture passage to you. And the burglar stopped and said, scripture passage? I thought she said she had an axe in 238. <laughs> Preach the message. Preach it boldly. Preach, preach it confidently. All of you. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. You just got to be a Christian. You just got to be a Christian. I remember when I was in seminary, I was talking to, uh, to a friend of mine. We went out to lunch, and, and I had aims to try to be an evangelist at that time. A preaching evangelist. I'm like, I want to... I want to go preach to congregations and share the word of God and all of this. And he looked at me and he basically said to me, every time you're in front of one person, you have a pulpit. Every time you're in front of one person, you have a pulpit. Preachers, proclaimers out there in the congregation today, everywhere you go, you have a pulpit to preach, to proclaim this message of Christ through what you say and through how you act. So preachers, Preachers of the gospel, proclaimers of the gospel, preach the word. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. This is talking about you. It's talking about all of us. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That sounds like proclaimers to me. You're part of this. You're part of this preaching of God's word. So we preach. It's not just the pastors. It's you too. We preach. What do we preach? Who do we preach about? We preach about Christ. That's who we preach about. We don't preach about somebody else. We preach about Christ. Not everybody's preaching about Christ today. Even in churches sometimes these days. They're not always preaching about Christ. But that's what we're to preach. That's what we're to proclaim. Christ. We preach Christ. And when the word Christ is used in this passage, it means that Christ is the Son of God. That's what Christ means. That He's the Son of God and therefore that He is God. So we preach that Christ is God. He's fully God, fully man at the same time. 100% God, 100% man at the same time. He wasn't just a man. He's fully God as well. He is the Christ. Not just a moral teacher. Not just a man. Not just one among many choices out there. He is Christ. He is God. 
That's what we preach. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word there is referring to Jesus. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the Bible, making it clear that Jesus is God. John 1, 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God. It doesn't get much plainer than that, does it? And John 8, 58, Jesus said it himself. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. When he said, I am, he's referring back to Exodus, where Moses is like, what's your name, God? What should I tell the Israelites? And Moses said, I am who I am. That's what you're supposed to say to them. That's my name. I am. And when Jesus was connecting, I am, to himself, he's saying, I'm God. Now, this is who we preach about. This Jesus Christ who is God and is therefore the king of all kings. There's been lots of kings in history, but they don't even come close to Jesus Christ, who is God and is the king of all those little kings. Nobody's greater than him. He doesn't share his throne with anyone. He's number one. He is God. And as God, he has supremacy over the world. He owns this world because he's God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three in one. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the people and all who live in it. Jesus owns the world and he owns all the people and he owns all the universe because he is God. He has the supremacy over everything. This is who we preach about, this Christ who is over all things and therefore, my friends, should be over each of us. Christ is to have the supremacy in each and every one of our lives inside of here. Not everybody gives that over to him, but one day everybody is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess, every knee is going to bow that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's in the scriptures. Everybody's going to come around and proclaim the supremacy of Christ. But your opportunity now is to make him supreme in your life. He's over the world, but is he over you? He is to have the supremacy in our lives as well. He is to be the one and only God in our lives because he's Christ, because he's God. Not one among many in our lives, my friends, but the only one. Not sharing his throne in your life with anybody else. He's number one, or he's supposed to be number one. I remember when I was in Israel many years ago, uh, we went on a little tour out to the old, an Old Testament uh, city from the Bible. And we were touring the ruins of the city and we come into one room and in this room there were four altars where someone would come and worship. One of the altars was to Yahweh, the one and only true God. But there were three other altars. One for this false God and one for that false God and one for this false God. So the person, they would come and they would worship the one true God but they'd worship the other three as well. God's not going to have it that way. He must be supreme. In this world that we live, we have to be careful as we preach and proclaim the message of Christ that we're living it out ourselves, that He's number one because there's other gods you can worship alongside God. 
like sexual impurity. You can worship that. That can be a God in your life. You know, some sort of idol in your, in your life, some sort of selfish ambition that is not of God. Those can be all idols, and you can be worshiping God in them as well. That is not how it's supposed to work. He is to have the supremacy in your life. He has the supremacy over the world and have supremacy in your life. Because He is Christ. Because He is God. And that's who we preach about. We preach Christ. But we don't just preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. Oh, and that's the part a lot of people these days are leaving out. The crucified part. And what that means. We preach Christ crucified. And there's two things that come with that. Jesus went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sins, saving us from eternal death so we could live forever with him in heaven. So he brought to us salvation on the cross. But my friends, he also brought sanctification on the cross too. Saving us from sin, salvation. And saving us into a life of holiness committed to him. Those two things were one at the cross. So we preach about that. We preach Christ, but we preach Him crucified. And what that means. First of all, it means salvation, like I said. Salvation, we are saved by grace. We are saved from our sin when we turn our lives over to God. We cannot earn this. We don't deserve this. But because we put our faith in Him, He puts that gift on us and saves us from sin and death and gives us the opportunity to live for Him in heaven with Him forever. Ephesians 2, 8-9. through For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You can't earn it. He just gives it to you. John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His free gift of salvation, one at the cross when he died on the cross for your sin and my sin. But there's also the other part of this that is often forgotten. The part of holiness. The part of living our lives for Christ. Not just saying, oh, we're saved. Now we're going to do what we want. No, we're saved and we're going to follow Christ. Jesus told us to believe in Him and follow Him. Those who are my disciples will believe in me and they'll follow me. The following part is holiness. That's the part that is referring to following Jesus. So when it comes to Jesus Christ and us preaching Christ crucified, you have to understand that when he was crucified, that that didn't just stop at delivering you from the penalty of sin. It did deliver you from the penalty of sin. But my friends, it also delivered you from the practice of sin in your life. As God helps you through that process of learning to live a holy life him and as you go through life and that and there are things that you confront where you're not quite perfect or anything you always have the grace of God to fall back on and then he pushes you forward back into that holiness life that he won on the cross we are freed from the penalty of sin and we are freed from the practice of sin so we preach Christ crucified listen to Titus 2 11 through 12 For the grace of God. See, it comes out of holiness comes out of grace. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, 
upright, and godly lives in this present age. Amen? Galatians 2.20 Not only has Jesus been crucified, but when we, when we accept that salvation, we are crucified with Him. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You see, He, he bought holiness at the cross. So that's why we preach Christ crucified. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's holiness. That's holiness living one by Jesus Christ on the cross. We are to follow Christ in this. He frees us from the practice of sin. Sin isn't fun. When you find the Lord in your life and you begin to follow Him, you begin to discover more and more that you hate sin and you don't want it in your life. Isn't it a glorious thing to know that Jesus won on the cross an opportunity for you to be sanctified so that you could be freed from that practice? And I understand it's often a process. Praise the Lord for the grace of God. But praise the Lord for deliverance from that which you hate, the practice of sin. And not only do we want to be freed from sin because we don't, you know, we don't want to practice it. We hate it. We don't like it. We don't want to live it in anymore, as Paul lets us know in Romans. But we don't want to slide away from God and turn our eyes to something else and make it God instead of Him. Galatians 5, 19-21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy and rage... Rivalries, divisions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot have multiple gods in your life. You have to learn to follow the Lord and make Him the one God in your life so you don't stray and drift from God. Holiness at one at the cross is so important in your life and in my life. You know, holiness comes often, I think, right down to a Ten Commandment. Exodus 23. Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. We can too easily give ourselves to idol worship in this day and age. Have four altars in our lives. One for God and three for whatever else. No. No. No, this Christ that we preach about, this Christ that won holiness for us at the cross, He is the only one to be on the throne. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God helps us to follow the Lord and keep ourselves in this holiness walk. Yes, we preach. We all preach. We all are supposed to preach about Christ who is God and He has the supremacy over all the world and, has, and is supposed to have supremacy in my life and in your lives. We preach this Christ. We don't just leave it there. We preach Christ crucified who died for our sins and gave us salvation and gave us sanctification so that we could live holy lives for Him. This is what we preach. We preach Christ crucified. But this message, my friends, in our culture is under threat. This message of preaching Christ crucified 
is not well received in this culture. Sadly, sometimes this message of preaching Christ crucified is not well received in some churches. And it breaks my heart to think about that one. You know, there's a lot of messages out there these days. Lots of messages that are not the truth. Those messages are not our messages. Those causes are not our causes. Our cause is Christ. And our message is preaching Him as Christ crucified. You've got a lot of messages out there. You've got a message of relativism out there that says, what's right for you to do is right for you. And what's right for me to do, whatever it is, is right for me. And that's what truth is. That's not our message. We preach Christ crucified. There's a message out there today that says we should be more pluralistic. Well, what does that mean? That means there's many ways to God. You can get to heaven through Christ. And you can get to heaven through Mohammed. And you can get to heaven through Buddha. Whoever you come up with. That's the message out there. That's not our message. We preach Christ crucified around here. There's a message out there of religious liberalism. They wave rainbow flags and say that that's... We don't wave rainbow flags... We wave the Christian flag. That's our cause. We're not going to stand up for sin. We're not going to encourage people in the church to do sinful practices that are not of God and that offend God. That's not our message. We preach Christ crucified. That's our message. There's a message out there that speaks to selfish ambition or desire seeking. You, you, You give in to your desires. You give in to what feels good. You, you seek materialism. You seek worldly living. You try to be your own God. Make your own decisions in your own way. Make God who you want Him to be. Or make yourself your own God. And do whatever you want. That's not our message. We preach Christ crucified. There's a message out there of a shallow gospel. You know, where you can sin like the world. Live your life of sin and come to church on Sunday, ask for forgiveness, and the next week go back into the sinful lifestyle all over again. That's not our message. We preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. Holiness is not optional for us. We preach Christ crucified. It's not a live-how-you-want mentality. It's not a pick-and-choose gospel. We preach Christ crucified and everything that that means. Second Timothy four, two through four. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and encourage with every form of patient instruction, for the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine. But with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires, so they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Time's coming. Folks, that time's here now. It's not our message. There's lots of causes out there. I don't want to stand for the causes out there. I want to stand for the cause of Christ. And sometimes you have to draw a line in the sand and say, we're not moving past any more lines. We're going to preach Christ crucified. I'm not crossing that line. I'm not crossing it. Other churches... Other ways of living, worldly living, they may want to cross that line. I'm not crossing that line. 
too much at stake. Christ is too important. Preach Christ crucified. My grandpa was a coal miner. Many years ago, he was a coal miner in Wyoming in the 30s and 40s, around in there. He worked there for many years. He's down there in the cave. He was telling me one time, down there, getting coal, sometimes the rocks up in the ceiling would get pretty loose. And he remembered one time he was working away down there, one of those rocks got really loose and dropped right on the head of a man that was one of his fellow workers and killed him right there. It's a very dangerous, uh, volatile situation he was in. There came a day where he was working away. He was, he was working with his fellow workers there. They're getting the coal out. And he'd been around long enough to know what was what and what would happen sometimes in, in, in the coal mine. <coughs> While he was working away, the rocks from the ceiling started to fall down somewhat heavily. And he knew what that meant. That meant a cave-in. And when a cave-in comes, if you don't get out at the right time, you're going to die. So he's working there with his fellow men, and they see this happening. These rocks are falling in front of them fairly heavily, right in front of them, building up a pile in front of them. And, and they don't know what to do. They're, they're trapped. They can't get out. But they've got to get out if they want to survive. These rocks are piling up. But my grandpa, he had a message. He knew what to do. And he told those guys around him, now look, there's going to come a point where those rocks are going to start trickling down a little lighter. And when they trickle down a little lighter, and I say go, we've got to run over that hill or, or pile of rocks and, and get away. That's our only chance. So just like he said, that, the rocks began to trickle a little lighter. And he said, alright guys, let's go. And they ran up the side of the hill of rocks and down the other side. And they ran away. And as they ran away, the rocks just caved in behind them. If he didn't get them out that day, they would have died or been trapped. I think they would have died, though, back in those days. So my grandpa saved the lives of those men that day. He saved his own life. He saved the lives of those men. Because he had a message. And it was the right message at the right time. Folks, hey, we're in this together. There's people in this church. There's people around you at work. There's your family members. There's your friends. You got the right message. They don't. Well, hopefully in the church they do, but sometimes they may not. You, you've got to share that message. It, it, eternal destiny is at stake here. Through what you say and what you do, you've got the message. You can help bring them to Jesus and help save their lives for all eternity. Be very aware of the Spirit and how He wants to use you there. You know, my grandfather saved his life that day. He saved the lives of his fellow workers, but he didn't just save their lives that day or his life that day. He saved my life that day. He saved the life of my three boys that day. We don't exist if he dies that day. I'm not preaching to you right now if he doesn't survive that day. There was more at stake there than just his life. My life, too. And the lives of his ancestors. Listen, when it comes to this message of preaching Christ crucified, there's more at stake, even, than just you right now and those around you. There's your children. And there's your children's children. And their children. What kind of message are you going to pass down to them? 
Is it going to be the truth? Is it going to be the message that's out there? Or is it going to be this one? The real one. The one that says we preach Christ crucified and everything that goes along with that. Oh, take it seriously, church. Be a church that preaches the message. Be a Christian, a proclaimer that preaches the message. Make it clear. We preach Christ crucified. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for the message. Lord, in these times that are often so confusing, and there's so many messages out there that are not of you, have even infiltrated some churches, Lord. How can that possibly be? It baffles me and saddens me. But Lord, I pray that this church, that these Christians, that lots of us Christians, will put lines in the sand and say, no more. We're going to preach the truth. We're going to preach Christ crucified to a lost and hurting world and to our families and to the generations that follow them. Lord, give us the strength. Give us the boldness to do your will and preach you the way you want to be preached. Proclaim you the way you want us to proclaim you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon as well as other sermons and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.